Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Jeremy Rennie on surviving Hurricane Ian and its effects on his church. I believe, you know, not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of the Father, and uh, that that he, you know, he sends the rain, he sends the storm, and and that God is working out a a vast array of purposes for His glory and the good of His people through every disaster. So, you know, why do things like this happen? Well, there's probably a hundred reasons why, and. He, he works these things out for uh, all kinds of purposes, both salvation, judgment, but ultimately all for his glory. Jeremy Rennie, next. Hurricane Ian slammed into Florida's southwestern coast on September 28th. Sanibel Island there was one of the first parts of the state to endure the ferocity of the storm. Most of the island's residents fled prior to the arrival of the hurricane. Pastor Jeremy Rennie of Sanibel Community Church is with us to discuss the effects of the hurricane on him, his family, and his church, and how the Lord has sustained them these past several weeks. Pastor Rennie, what can you tell us about Sanibel Island and the church? Uh, so Sanibel Island is a, a barrier island about 50 miles long off the coast of southwest Florida. So it's right off the coast of Fort Myers. Uh, to get there, you drive over a three-mile-long causeway uh, to Fort Myers, just north of Naples, if you know that area. Um, it's, a, it's a resort community. Um, so that, that means during the summer and the low season, you might have 6,000 year-round residents. But in the winter months when it's beautiful, January through March, you know, it might swell to 35 to 40,000 people on the island. Uh, and part of what makes Sandball special is um, it hasn't been built up. They have some strict zoning laws. So it's a very natural, mm. um, rustic kind of place that, that people love. It's, it's sort of a, um, a famous destination spot. The, the church is, um, has been around in some iteration or another for about 100 years. Mm. Um, and uh, Sandball Community Church is a non-denominational evangelical church so we you know we preach the gospel of salvation alone by grace alone through faith in christ alone uh, we you know believe the bible is the inerrant inspired authoritative word of god i preach expositionally i preach the gospel every sunday um, my own theological persuasion is i'm a, a reformed baptist but uh, the church is, is broadly evangelical so we have people from lots of different backgrounds but we're united around the gospel we're united around the bible and um, and really around a heart for uh, missions and seeing the gospel of Jesus uh, be proclaimed throughout the world. So, uh, as you said, the uh, church has been in existence for roughly 100 years or a bit more. Um, so, I, I'm guessing the building, the structures itself, have a historic uh, quality to them. Yeah, we do have a historic chapel that's been there a long time. The, the original church on the island was called the Church of the Four Gospels, and uh, uh, ironically, it was destroyed by a hurricane. Oh. So <laughs> the island wow. has a history of uh, occasionally having um, massive hurricanes that kind of reset the island and wipe it out. Well, well, coming to the to the issue of Hurricane Ian, how, how much warning did you have uh, prior to its arrival, and and what did you do once you found out that th this thing's this thing's going to hit us? Yeah, I mean, we had plenty of time and, you know, everyone's, when you know a hurricane's getting near, people are watching the yeah. weather, you know, the actual evacuation orders came Tuesday morning and a lot of people had already left. Uh, and so it really wasn't a, a lack of time. I think what was difficult about this hurricane is that people didn't believe it would be this bad. Mm. 
Um, and, and this is one of those cases where prior experience did not serve us well because there have been prior hurricanes and people evacuated and it wasn't that bad. So, you, you know, a lot of times on the weather, they, they kind of hype up storms and, you know, so people think, ah, it's not going to be that bad. And then they stayed. And then this was actually the really bad one that was the, the nightmare scenario. Um, so our family, you know, thankfully, we left Tuesday morning. Uh, the hurricane came you know, in earnest Tuesday night and Wednesday. So we left Tuesday morning and uh, went over to the East coast of Florida. And so for us experientially during the storm, I mean, we were fine. There was some wind and some rain, but it wasn't a big deal. But for the people there, it, it was uh, a catastrophic and traumatic event. And, and my understanding is that uh, Sanibel Island actually was the first um, part of Florida uh, to get hit by the hurricane. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. It, it made direct landfall on the western part of Sanibel. Then there's an adjacent island called Captiva. It used to be one island, but another hurricane broke them in half. So, uh, oh, oh my <laughs> you know, many, many decades ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, Captiva, the eye of the hurricane went over Captiva. So that means the eastern side of the hurricane, which is the, the nastiest part, just kind of camped over Sanibel and then Fort Myers Beach for about seven, eight hours. And the, the eye wall and all of that hit. There was, um, you know, something like 12, 15 feet of storm surge. So, so you know, there are people in, in my church who, who stayed. And, you know, imagine them in their houses where the ground floor of the house is like 10, 11 feet off the ground because they're on stilts or whatever. And they're watching the ocean at their doorstep. Mm. Uh, it, it was just, you know, kind of a apocalyptic sort of scenario. Do you know what percentage roughly or how many of your your church members decided to stay behind as opposed to leaving? Um, small percentage. I, th I think a couple hundred people actually stayed on the island. Um, but but we had um, uh, maybe, maybe 10, 15 people or families stayed. And it was kind of harrowing. I mean, we we're in contact with them. And then at a certain point, on Wednesday, the cell service went out and, and, you know, there's people talking to us about the water's coming up, the water's coming up. And then suddenly everyone loses cell service. So it was, it was kind of like, like I said, a kind of a nightmare movie script. Um, thankfully, thank God, no one in our church died. Mm -hmm. um, tons of people are displaced uh, all over Fort Myers and other places. So lots of damage, lots of, um, I think there's a lot of trauma. I think one of the things we've seen is that people, just have to be together and tell their stories because they're just trying to process the the shock and the the impact emo even just emotionally of the whole event. Well, my guest today on His People is Pastor Jeremy Rennie of Sanibel Community Church in Sanibel Island, Florida. We're talking about uh, how the hurricane, Hurricane Ian, uh, affected uh, not only he and his uh, church, but the, the people on the island. And as he said, most of them left. What about yourself uh, personally, Pastor Rennie, your, your belongings, your family, the church structure, your home? I mean, can you talk about, you say it was a, a nightmare scenario. What, uh, how were your your personal things affected? Yeah, so our house um, took on about six and a half feet of water. So our, our house sits eh, maybe like six, seven feet above, um, you know, mean high tide. And then and then we had a six and a half feet come through the house. So mm. everything on the, the ground floor uh, was pretty much lost. Um, I spent Saturday over there just ripping out the drywall and throwing everything out so that mold doesn't take over the house. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, and lost a lot of sentimental things. We had pictures stored down there. So, 
you know, carrying out these old family photos with my own hands and throwing them on the trash pile Mm. uh, is uh, is pretty painful. And, you know, that's when the reality of what hit uh, really settles in. How about the church structure itself? Um, Yep. Church structure also took about six feet of water. So we've had to completely gut um, the uh, downstairs education wing. We have a fellowship hall. Like a lot of churches has been gutted. Thankfully, our main sanctuary is elevated a bit. So it only took about eight inches of water. So uh, structurally, it's sound. Uh, so um, it's, it's just going to be a lot of uh, cleanup, remediation, and then a slow build back and just cleaning up the site. I mean, the whole island's a mess. It looks like a war zone. Uh, you know, the, the streets are lined with mountains, like six, seven feet high of just rubbish that people have thrown out of their houses and, you know, throwing away furniture and drywall and cutting trees. It, it's just an unrecognizable island. It's, it's crazy. How do you assess the, um, the, the response of the state of Florida and the federal government? I mean, what, what kind of help came? Um, the state of Florida uh, is amazing. The, the causeway to the island was breached in five different places. And, and when you saw pictures of it, if you've seen those online, you can just Google them and you're like, oh, man, they'll never get this thing fixed for a year. And, and uh, Governor DeSantis came in and said it'll be done by before the end of October. Hmm. And it was done ahead of schedule. So I've driven over that new causeway several times now. Uh, so he really, you know, I mean, all political views aside, whatever your problems <laughs> are, Ron DeSantis got it done. And people are kind of stunned at how fast it happened. And, uh, and it was really cool, too. We called up the Florida Department of Emergency Management and we said, hey, we've got a big church parking lot that you can use if you want to bring anything in. So they were flying in Chinook helicopters and um, Apache helicopters with supplies. So our church has been sort of a um, the, the center for the state of Florida to bring supplies in that way, relief things. So on our, on our property right now, we have bathroom showers, laundry, water, ice, all provided by the state of Florida. So it's, it's been a cool sort of church-state partnership. I'm in contact with the, the town manager and just trying to offer whatever we can give them because we can't meet there right now. So we're like, just take over our property and use it to save the Island. You are meeting though somewhere, right? The church is meeting yes. as a body. Uh, where are you yep. meeting? And, and uh, yeah, t- tell us what you're preaching, that kind of thing. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. So we're meeting in Fort Myers. Um, there's a brother I started uh, to build a relationship with at Fort Myers community church. And when all this happened, he said, whatever you need. So they opened up their um, facility to us. So we meet in their facility on Sunday nights at 5 p.m. We've um, we've gathered three times now. We missed one Sunday because of the hurricane, and then the next Sunday our church was back hmm. together in Fort Myers. Um, I was supposed to start a sermon series in Daniel, and I, I scrapped that, and and I'm preaching through the life of Joseph instead. Oh. Um, yeah, and just his, you know, his descent into suffering and then the way the Lord brought him out, and ultimately, you know, I think Joseph is a type of Christ, uh, a picture of you know, the one who descends into nothingness and rises up and then is elevated and then saves the world. So, so we're, so I'm, I'm just preaching through that, just trying to show God, trying to t- remind them of God's sovereignty, uh, that, that if God can be sovereign for the good of his people, even over the evil actions of others, he certainly can be sovereign over nature. Um, so, so just trying to do that. And people are really appreciating just being reminded of God's sovereignty and all these things and his control and his ultimate intention to do them good, you know, that all things work together for good of those who love him. 
So when you talk about God's sovereignty, uh, a, a hurricane like this, for example, that with the with the devastation and all of that, I mean, that's not that's not an accident. That's not uh, something that um, that God is not in control completely over. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my own belief. Yeah. I, I believe all, I believe you know, not a sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of the Father, and uh, that that he you know he sends the rain he sends the storm and and that god is working out a a vast array of purposes for his glory and the good of his people through every disaster so you know why do things like this happen well there's probably a hundred reasons why and he he works these things out for uh all kinds of purposes both salvation judgment but ultimately all for his glory and you say you're meeting uh, in fort myers right now how, how far is that from from sanibel it's um, probably like a 25-minute drive oh. well, well, from where our meeting place is. So our people are uh, – the people who are still here in southwest Florida are kind of displaced around Fort Myers. So um, it's a logical place for us to meet. And uh, there, there is a, a freshness and a, um, an intensity of, of, of our worship together that I have not ever experienced in this church. And I think it's – it's a people who've been stripped bare of everything. I mean, we, we don't really, you know, one of the things I, I've been saying on Sunday nights and kind of a joke, but kind of serious is like, Hey, we're, we're a church that no longer has anything to offer you. Um, we we <laughs> yeah. don't have a pretty, we don't have a pretty little happy building on an Island. We don't have the beautiful drive over the causeway. Uh, like all we have to offer you is like, we don't even have a church to church building to offer you. We're sitting someone else's building. And so I just say, the only thing we have to offer is the word of God prayer and the love of the people and through through those ordinary means of grace all we have to offer people is jesus and so it's kind of stripped our church down to the 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 studs you know of what it the church actually is so you are personally your family are you're 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 not living on the island obviously your house was very affected you're you're still in fort fort myers at this time yeah we rent an apartment for about 12 months here mm -hmm. um just assuming we might be here that long mm -hmm. uh there's no there's currently no power no potable water the sewers aren't working on sanibel so i mean unless you're into you know really roughing it camping it yep. moving off the grid it's it's not it's just not a nice place to be right now yeah. and is there a, an, an estimate on, on how long it'll be there's there isn't yeah and i i think it, it will all depend on how fast services come back and and how much people are ready to live there given what services are available. So, um, and you know, part of it is it, it's one thing if, if you can just live there and, and be okay, but you know, there's businesses that, that can't open and there's businesses that depend upon tourism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, why would it, why in the world would any tourist go to, <laughs> you can't even get on the island unless they take a private boat. So until the tourists come back, then the businesses can't really restart, but it's, so it's going to catch 22. So I don't know how long it's going to take. I, so I suspect there's already, I mean, there's already people living there and there may be some people who never come back. And I think that's part of what our church members are sorting through is, mm -hmm. is who, who's going to call it quits and just move somewhere else. And who's, who's going to be here. And so we're just kind of allowing the Lord to show us that in his time as he moves his people around. Well, I'm talking with Pastor Jeremy Rennie of Sanibel Community Church uh, on Sanibel Island. Of course, they were hit first by Hurricane Ian. And you were saying, Pastor Rennie, that uh, one way in which God has used this uh, hurricane, this, this devastating event in the life of your church, is it's kind of uh, brought you back to, to basics in a way, uh, back to Scripture. Back, uh, not that you weren't doing this before, but Scripture, prayer, and, and Christian community, kind of the, the basics that you see in the 
the book of Acts. Yeah, and um, it's interesting, right before the hurricane hit, uh, in fact, the last Sunday uh, before the hurricane came, I we just finished, the other pastors and I just finished a sermon series in the summer through the one another commands of the New Testament. Hmm. So it was a it was an expository topical series where we just would exposit all the different one another texts, and so p- people in our church, you know, that's not been lost on our people that the timing of that, and so people have been saying, you know, we studied the one another's, and now God has given us an exam, and uh, and people are stepping up. I think it's one of the more encouraging things I've seen. People are living in one another's homes, they're helping one another. It it really is a kind of book of Acts chapter two. Um, no one considered their possessions their own, but they shared with any as, as they had need. Like, I'm just seeing it lived out because the need is there and everyone's doing it. You know, someone's like, I don't have a car. So usually now at the end of our church services, after the, the final song, I have everyone sit and we'll have like a 10 or 15 minute family meeting where I'll just say, okay, this week, here's what's going on. We need three cars. Uh, and so if anyone has a car, like, let me know. And we need two places to live. And, and people are just stepping up. And the need in the body is is meeting the needs of the body. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy, but it's happening. And it was I mean I mean not that they weren't doing this before, but certainly in the wake of a hurricane like this, you're seeing uh, you're you're seeing that kind of care for one That's another right. that uh, only a, maybe a devastating event like that could uh, bring about. Yeah, and and I just think as Americans, generally speaking, we're you know, we have the basics covered a lot mm-hmm. of the times. I mean, I know there's people in need, real, real need in our country, but generally, especially right to other countries, I mean, we, we have so much. So this is one of those rare events where a whole community, even a sort of a comfortable resort island, is thrust into a kind of third world deprivation situation. And to see that in the, the face of that need, you not only have the Acts chapter 2 caring for one another, but you also have the kind of Acts chapter 11 the church in Antioch taking up a collection to serve the church in Jerusalem in light of the famine. So the other piece of this that's been really neat is the the overwhelming outpouring of support from churches around the country who, uh, I mean, I, I've just lost track of all the emails and texts of, you know, hey, our church prayed for you this Sunday morning. Our church read your Facebook letter this Sunday morning. Our church took up a collection. Here's you know, here's $1,500, here's $500. And all those little gifts of love uh, has has been um, amazing to see. And this is, you're saying this is across the country, people that, yeah. that are completely removed from from the hurricane. Yeah, that's right. And, and a lot of it came, I think a lot of the attention was there because Hurricane Ian hit and because uh, you, you, I think you mentioned, I wrote, I wrote a letter to the church and put it on Facebook and it's, it went viral. So, um, which, you know, I think surprised me and, and the whole church. So people, people all over have read that letter. Um, in fact, my wife was talking to one of our insurance adjusters and he said, by the way, he goes, I just want to say everyone here in the office has read the letter and we're all encouraged. And she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, my, the former church I served overseas in Abu Dhabi has taken up a collection uh, to help our church. So it's, it's, um, it's the Bible in action and people are living it out. You were, I think you told me before we, uh, did this conversation that, uh, that church, uh, you served with uh, pastor John Fulmar over there. Yeah, he was in Dubai and I was in Abu Dhabi. So that's about, about an hour and a half apart, hour and 15. And, uh, so yeah, we were, you know, sister church or part, partner churches. We did a lot together. 
Well, I'm talking with Pastor Jeremy Rennie of uh, Sanibel Community Church in Sanibel Island, Florida. Are there some scriptures? You, you, you've talked about the sermon series that you're preaching through on the life of Joseph, uh, Pastor Rennie, and certainly uh, the book of Acts. You're seeing in, in a lot of ways uh, the book of Acts kind of coming to life uh, in your church in the aftermath of the hurricane. Any other uh, passages of scripture, books that have been especially meaningful or strengthening to you personally or, or to your church? Yeah, I've been really encouraged by Second um, Corinthians twelve, where Paul talks about you know the thorn in his side, and and he asked the Lord to take it away, and the Lord said, "My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness." And and you know Paul says, "Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me." For the sake of Christ, then I'm content. You know, I'm like, wow, he's content. He's content with weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. So, you know, that, that's a, it's like, okay, I, you know, how do I be content in a calamity? Or James, you know, and the other one that I think is, for me personally, I've been meditating on is James 1, where he says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. So, so just encouraging the church. You know, I was talking to the church on Sunday night, and I was saying, I was like, brothers and sisters, this is such a, a massive gift from God for our sanctification to, to teach us to find our life in Christ and not in this world. And, you know, we, we know all these things, we know all these truths, but, um, you know, the Lord tests his people. You know, God doesn't tempt us, but he does test us. And so he, you know, refines us through that process. So we're just trying to embrace the suffering, uh, to find contentment, to see the power of Christ in our weakness, and to count it all joy, because we know that that testing produces steadfastness and endurance uh, so that we can become mature. And I think early on, uh, shortly after you you um, ha- had left the island, you wrote about the ways in which God used Psalm 46. Psalm 46 is one, you know, it's such a wonderful psalm that starts out talking about the the power of the sea. And, you know, it's a metaphor for the nations around Israel attacking the nation. And and then it's uh, then it talks about how God is within the city. So there's this contrast between the, the ravages of the, sto- the earth-shattering storm externally, but the internal peace that the city of God has because God is within her. She will not fall. Um, you know, his river is within her. So this is peaceful river in contrast to the raging ocean outside. So I, I was just meditating on that text and, and just uh, experiencing it in a new way in that the calamity we faced literally was a raging ocean that was literally swallowing the earth. <laughs> wow. Well, to what extent have you had opportunities to share the hope that is in you, as it, as it says in First Peter, with whoever it might be, with residents, media, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I just hear stories from our people all the time. Uh, they, they're having conversations. It, it's the easiest conversation starter right now in Fort Myers. How are you doing after the hurricane? And everyone wants to talk. And uh, people talk about their faith. They talk about their church. Um, I've had uh, a couple of my friends that I've invited to church who um, I've done some different things with who aren't who don't know the Lord, but their hearts have been open. They've been moved by watching the way the church has been behaving and it's impacting them mm-hmm. and they've come to worship services to just kind of learn more and see what's happening. Um, and, and then I think uh, just, you know, through events like this, talking on the radio through, through social media, God has just given us a, a window and a platform to speak the gospel through different means and, and it's, people are hearing it and people are tuned in. So we just pray that there'd be gospel fruit. You know, you, it's, it's kind of a, hopefully once in a lifetime <laughs> right? <laughs> M- moment to, to kind of throw gospel seed and let the, the wind of that storm carry it very far. 
Uh, and we just pray that God would use it for his glory and the salvation of many souls. So you've had many uh, opportunities for media uh, appearances uh, in, in the news media and so forth. Yeah, I've had, I've had some, um, I think, um, yeah, so Gospel Coalition, you know, put, put mm-hmm. that letter on their website. Yeah. Um, I think Anne Graham Lotz put it on her website, mm-hmm. uh, to another radio station to, on Thursday. So, you know, just, it's a great opportunity to uh, just point people to the glory of God and say, you know, God is faithful, God is sovereign, uh, God is good, um, Christ is everything, Christ is our life, our life is hidden with Christ in God with God in Christ. So, uh, and, and I just want to use this moment because, you know, it'll pass and Mm -hmm. life will go on and the island will be rebuilt and, and, uh, and then we'll be back to some kind of new normal. But for now, we want to just take the opportunity to declare God's goodness and his works, his mighty works to whoever will listen. To what extent uh, can you talk about other churches on the island, how they're doing? Are you, are you working together with them in any way? Um, not, uh, not directly. Um, I haven't heard a lot from them. Um, we're, we're the, uh, we're the sole, I would say we're the sole evangelical mm. church on the island by okay. any, by any stretch. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we haven't, so we haven't really been in ministry partnerships. Uh, I mean, we have friendly, um, uh, relationships with, uh, the other religious leaders on the island, but, um, so yeah, I, th- I think, uh, I haven't heard a lot from them, but I have been working with a lot of churches in Fort Myers, um, including, you know, like I said, Fort Myers Community Church that's taken us in. How about Christian Ministries? Uh, ha- have you seen their presence? Yep. Uh, Samaritan's Purse has been doing fantastic work, uh, helping to muck out homes and um, tarp roofs and things like that. Uh, I think the Convoy of Hope was here. Um, we're, we're just in, uh, uh, I think, early stages trying to work with the Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. Uh, to try to get them onto our property and and there's logistics to be worked out there. I mean, it's just hard to get over the causeway if you're not a resident or a contractor. So, so there's, there's details to be worked out, but Southern Baptists are interested in helping and their, of course, disaster relief program is, is world-class. So um, yeah, there's been other, and then just in addition to those big names, there's been so many little, Hmm. you know, efforts A, a church here that wants to send a trailer full of, you know, Home Depot stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had had a lady contact me uh, and she said, I want to drive down my fifth wheel and I want to park it at your church so that during the next several months, you or the other pastors can have a place to stay on the island. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, if we want to be like the chaplain on site for two days and rotate in and out. So she's coming down tomorrow and and we're going to go on the island together and park her fifth wheel there. And I never met this lady in my life, but it's from big organizations to to little efforts like that, it's um, you see God's goodness through all the different parts of His body. Yeah, I told our church last night, uh, or I'm so, sorry, Sunday night. Uh, but but I was telling everyone, I, I said I think God can do anything. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the timeline is, but I think we have to plan on being in Fort Myers for 12 to 18 months. I pray it's not that long, but I think you have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, just in closing here, how can we pray for you, Pastor Rennie, your church, or your family, the community there? whatever comes to mind. I think for uh, all of us, just that God would continue to give us uh, open doors for the gospel, uh, that we would be attentive to situations around us, conversations around us, we'd be bold. Um, I think uh, you can pray for um, just the sanctification and purification of our church. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's we're, a, we're an, an established church like many churches. And it's, it's as if suddenly we have the blank slate freedom of a 
church plant because we don't, we don't have any of our programs, we don't have any of our facilities. And so we're like, Lord, you know, we don't want to waste this opportunity to, to do that extreme work of, okay, we don't have to bring everything back online. What do we really want to do to focus our church programmatically and, and in terms of our discipleship strategies? And then I just think for me personally, uh, keep, I would just ask for prayers for wisdom, lots of decisions to make, lots of uncertainties that I would have endurance and courage. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just that God would give me additional empathy for people. Uh, because people are really hurting and, you know, we all have limits to our empathy and, and um, we all get tired. So just that God would give me his heart for people to love people as a, a good shepherd. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Pastor Jeremy Rinney, pastor of Sanibel Community Church in Florida. His piece, Immovable Hope in the Wake of Hurricane Ian, can be found at thegospelcoalition.org. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Kelsey Reed talking about her newly created role of news coach. What does it mean to have somebody whose focus is discipleship to come and look at what's going on in the world with parents, with teachers, even with youth pastors? That's tomorrow at this same time right here on His People. Thanks for listening.